I've looked at hundreds, maybe more than a thousand proposals and pricing guides over the past six years. Nine out of 10 look the same. Trust me, your I believe statement, your bio, your images, and importantly, your collections all look pretty much the same as everybody else's. If you want to stand out, it's time to present your proposals differently. In this episode of Own Your Business, I talk about five big mistakes I see all the time with proposals. How to build desire early in the proposal, what to include to make yourself stand out, and how you can make nervous buyers feel reassured you're the right choice. Enjoy the episode. Own Your Business is a podcast for event professionals who want to grow with proven approaches. I'm Sam Jacobson, a sales, pricing, and copywriting expert in the wedding industry. Throughout my career, I booked hundreds of events for millions in revenue. I've also led teams in premium and luxury markets. Now I coach people like you with my company, ID Action Consulting. It's not easy to run a business, especially if it's a business of one, because we aren't born knowing everything. Like you, I had experts who showed me the way when I was starting out and when I was ready to level up. I hope this podcast gives you the confidence to own your business. Did you know that Katie and I fell in love the first time we had a conversation together? Seriously, this is a true story. I went to engage in November of 2014 to find a new job. My mom had just died in September after a quick bout with cancer, and it had been a year since my first wife and I decided to separate and get a divorce. I'd worked out an exit strategy at the resort that I've been working at since 2001, and part of that exit strategy was them paying for me to go to engage so that I could try and find another job. I mean, what an amazing company. So I showed up at the bar the very first night, and I sat down not knowing anybody, and I waited until somebody that I did know came into the bar or somebody struck up a conversation with me. And I happened to run into somebody from Dallas who told me that they were going out to a restaurant with a bunch of other people from Dallas, and I thought, okay, great, I'll join. So we all went out to dinner, and there was like 20, 25 of us. We filled up several vans, and we had to go to two different restaurants because we couldn't get room at one restaurant that was able to support all of us at one table. Too many people. We went back to the bar afterwards. We had the best time. We all agreed that we were going to meet at the beach the next day just to have fun before the general session. So that next day, we were all at the beach hanging out. Lunchtime comes around. And one of the guys who I knew asked if everyone wanted to go to lunch. And a couple of women raised their hands and said, yeah, we'll go. And I thought, yeah, I'll go along. I'm hungry. Well, I had no idea that that lunch would change my life because that's where I met Katie. It was the first time that we sat down and we had a conversation. And within a few minutes of us starting to talk, I knew that she was going to be my person. You know, you just get that feeling sometimes that that connection is there. We both felt it. We knew it truly like lightning had struck. And we were inseparable throughout the rest of the conference. We'd show up at the general sessions together. We'd meet at the bar for a drink before whatever event was going on. I just happened to run into her every once in a while when we were walking around on breaks. Katie connected me also with a bunch of people because she knew I was there to look for a job. And one of the people that she connected me with was one of her best friends, Todd Fiscus. Now, Todd owns Todd Events based out of Texas, where Katie is from, Dallas. And I had heard him speak on stage a couple of times at the first two engages that I went to. And I, I remember thinking, wow, he's a star. 
I wish that I could spend more time with a guy like that. And I had no clue that he was interested in hiring somebody to come in and help run his companies until Katie introduced me to him and we had a chance to talk. Now, we talked for a few minutes while we were at the beach and a little bit at the gala, but then Katie set us up with a conversation when she and Todd got back home to Dallas. And Todd and I talked for a couple of hours around Thanksgiving, and then he flew me out a couple of weeks later to see if I wanted to move out to Texas. And seven weeks after I first talked with Katie in Grand Cayman, I was in Dallas, Texas as a new director of operations for Todd Events. I had two suitcases and a carry-on when I showed up to Dallas. I slept on my backpacker sleeping pad with my feather duvet on the floor of my uptown apartment overlooking downtown Dallas. That was January 2015. Now, fast forward to June 3 of 2017. I was still in Dallas, but plenty had changed. I had left Todd Events to open up ID Action Consulting. I was no longer in my uptown city apartment. I was living with Katie. We'd bought a house together back on San Juan Island, but hadn't yet moved there. And we were heading back to Engage in Grand Cayman on that same stretch of sand on Seven Mile Beach. This time, had an engagement ring hidden in our luggage. Now, I'd known since day one that Katie was my partner for life. But we had a lot to sort through as single parents and our families spread across the country. The time was finally here, though, for me to propose to her. We knew the way forward. I was so nervous. I'd been so focused on getting the right ring and sneaking it down with us to Grand Cayman without her finding it, because Katie always does the packing. I'd completely forgotten to prepare the lines for the actual proposal. So I spent that entire morning rehearsing lines. It wasn't just the words that I wanted to be great. I wanted to propose on the beach where we first met. It carried sentimental value and set the backdrop for that next big step in our lives together. So... We went out to the beach and I was heart beating out of my chest, ready to go, or so I thought, but then we got caught up in a massive thunderstorm. It rained and rained and rained. And so before we could go to the beach, we had to head to brunch instead of the restaurant and waited out. We were there for like 90 minutes, but it felt like nine days. It was crazy. I couldn't even focus on what she was saying. I was so out of my mind. Finally, the sun came out. We finished up our brunch. We walked out on the sand toward the exact spot that we first met. The sun was shining again. The wave flapped at the white sand under our feet. We held hands. It was perfect. Then I felt an opening to turn the conversation to the proposal. We stopped walking. I started my lines. And I eventually dropped down to a knee. Now, I pulled out the loose ring from the net pockets of my shorts, and I asked her to marry me. Her response wasn't what I'd hoped for or imagined but it was perfectly Katie. She said, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Clearly, I'd surprised her. So I gave her a few seconds to gather herself before I tried again. Is that a yes? I asked. And the rest is history. Now, funny enough, that day out on the beach, a woman walked up to us a few minutes later and she said that she saw the whole thing while drinking her morning coffee on a chair out front of her house. And she snagged a couple of photos of me down on a knee with this couple walking behind us, looking over in shock that a proposal was actually happening then and there. It was really funny. Now, instead of doing a traditional wedding, we opted to elope with our two kiddos, my best friend from elementary school and his wife, and Julian Lever, one of our best friends from Dallas who officiated for us and is now husband Francisco. We were married toes in the sand 
but on a different beach on the Oregon coast. And it happened exactly four years to the day after we met. Exactly four years. I want to share that proposal story in part because I love starting off solo podcast episodes like this one with a fun story from my own personal life or professional life gives you a chance to get to know me more than just a guy who's got a lot of ideas that can help you grow your business. But also because this episode is about proposals and the proposal that I made to Katie highlights the most important takeaway from this episode of Own Your Business. And that's that good proposals have common elements that make them successful. Good proposals have common elements that make them successful. For a marriage proposal, it's more than just giving a person a ring. You want to think about the setting, something that's beautiful, the timing. You got to make sure both parties are ready and that you've got a good chance at getting a yes. Also, the words matter. It's more than just, will you marry me? There's context that created a story and there's buildup. You want to remind them why you're doing this and the good things that are going to come from a life of marriage together. In other words, you don't just throw the ring at the person and hope they say yes. You have to set the mood. You deliver the lines and you create a context that encourages a yes response. Unfortunately, many wedding pros aren't doing a good job of proposing their services to potential clients. Most pros I know are sending out pricing guides with specific packages included for potential clients to choose from right after the first inquiry. Go back to my personal proposal analogy, and this would have been like me proposing to Katie after the first date. Here's my bio and my background. Here's my belief about life and love. Here are some of the options for us to make that happen. After the first date. No dates before the proposal. Just throwing the ring out there after not enough time. Perhaps you've listened to enough podcast episodes on Own Your Business to know that I don't like pricing guides. And that's because they're not the most effective way to sell your services. I'm all about increasing the likelihood that somebody's going to say yes and spend more money with you, and pricing guides aren't the way to make that happen. Maybe you're not doing pricing guides, though. Maybe you're listening to my advice and you're doing custom proposals after a discovery call. So tell me if this sounds familiar. You get excited about a potential client who's inquired. They reached out with a bunch of information in the contact form. Maybe they're even on referral from a past client, so they're a good lead. They couldn't stop talking to you on the discovery call. The celebration sounds like it's going to be an amazing one for your portfolio. The couple seems good with the price, but you don't end up booking them. So what went wrong? Well, lots of things maybe, but one of the biggies is the actual proposal for services that you sent over. I've audited hundreds of proposals from wedding pros, maybe over a thousand by now. And I want to share with you some of the most common mistakes that I see so that you can address these deficiencies and increase your chances of getting yes when it matters most. Here they are, the top five. Number one, no personalized intro about the couple. No one wants a generic proposal, you guys. Nobody. Who wants to be treated like just another transaction for your business, like a, like a number in line at the DMV? No one. And people also want to know the services that you're offering about them, not you. So for those of you who have a bio about you on the top of the proposal or a I believe in these things statement early on, you're missing the mark. Make the first few lines in the proposal about the couple. Let them know this is for them and only them. Put their names on the hero image. 
Mention wedding specifics like date, guest count, location. Show you heard what kind of feel or vibe they're interested in in their wedding. You had the whole discovery call. Recall bits of that conversation in the first few lines so they know that you were paying attention. Connect with them on a level that's important to them. Makes them feel heard. Remember, this isn't about you. This is about them and what they want and need. And that leads us to number two, that you aren't providing a reminder of their needs. Successful proposals create a need for services. The higher the price, the more need you must create. It's crucial to make people feel heard and understood and important. And you do that by reflecting back to them what is it they shared with you and focus on what they want and need most. And the perfect place to do that is in the opening section of your proposal. I call it the love letter to the couple. Include a statement that just summarizes their biggest desires and concerns that they shared with you on the discovery call for their wedding and for your services. Write it out very clearly, very simply, so the person you first talked to is reminded of what they said on the discovery call, but also because there are going to be other people behind the scenes decision makers who are going to read this proposal and they might not know what it is that they're supposed to be looking for. And this little love letter shares that with. When people know what they want, they try harder to get it. So tell them what they told you to help build that desire for your services before you present it to them. Remember, as a business, you offer a solution to a customer's problem. That is why you exist. The value of that solution is so much greater if you create the desire and need for the solution before presenting it. This is part of a very effective copywriting formula called Problem Agitate Solve. Before you drop in the solve, you've got to remind them of the problem, and then you've got to talk to them about why it's important. That's how you build up the desire and the demand for the services that you're offering. All right, number three, using PDF as a platform. I thought about skipping this one because you guys have heard it from me so many times about how much I don't like PDFs for sharing information on phones, but people are still using them and it's a huge drawback. So I got to include it. PDFs suck on phones. Imagine your website was not phone friendly. Could you even imagine that? Sending out information that's really important for a client and making it not phone friendly. So why are you doing it with your proposal? If you're using a PDF, that's what it's like. Even most CRM proposals aren't nearly as beautiful as a hidden web page on your site. Hidden web pages are our preferred route to share proposals. They're phone friendly. The design matches your brand style kit. There are clickable links and pop-ups you can use. You can embed video and you can track the analytics of when they open it and even install Hotjar where you can watch how people interact with the proposal. Now, if you go back to my proposal to Katie, I picked Seven Mile Beach as a backdrop in part because it was sentimental, but also because it helped to set the tone for a beautiful life together. The setting matters. What platform you use to share your proposal matters. Number four, this is a massive one. Such a deficiency, no competitive advantages. When people get to the point that they're comparing apples to apples to apples, your proposal with other proposals, they want to know the difference between each person's options. It's a basic human need to compare one thing with others to determine quality and relative value. Your proposal is the apple that's being compared with other apples. So make it easy for the couple 
and the behind the scenes decision makers to see what the real differences are. You have to make it easy for them. Don't assume that they know. Trust me, after looking at those hundreds and hundreds of proposals, I can assure you that your proposal or pricing guide probably looks like 98 out of 100 others. All of the packages start to look the same. Planners packages look like other planners packages. Photographers like other photographers. Videographers like other videographers. DJs, stationers, caterers, venues. Whatever it is that you do, if you sat down and looked at the features, the bullet points of what it is that you're offering, it looks almost exactly like every other person being compared to. Because couples feel the same way. And that's why they tend to focus on price so much when they're comparing your proposal with another one or your pricing guy with another one, because it's the one thing that's easy to discern is different between the different options. If all of the bullet points and the features look the same, what's different? Price. And how do you win on price? By being the lowest. So make it easy for them to find something that's different and better than price. Add in five competitive advantages that make your services better than others in your comp set and put them just below the packages or collections or offerings that you provide. That way they focus on those rather than the price. Number five, big deficiency that I see in most proposals, not enough social proof. Humans are very risk averse. We don't like to lose our safety and our comfort and our possessions. In fact, Researchers have found that pain from a loss is experienced at two to three times the intensity as joy from the gains that we make. Pain is experienced two to three times more intensely than the joy and happiness we get when we gain something. Most people do everything they can to mitigate the risks and increase the likelihood that they won't lose what they've come to love. In general, people want to know that others have tried and succeeded before them. That's how we reduce risk. We prefer to be settlers rather than pioneers. We want to be followers rather than leaders when risk is on the line. Social proof is a technical term that scientists use to give to evidence that reassures potential clients that other couples trusted you at this point in the decision-making process and came out with a win. They took the risk and it was worthwhile. They love their wedding. So testimonials are a great way for you to share that social proof. You could also pull from editors of magazines who chose your work over other people by saying what you've been featured in or summary of reviews from Google or The Knot or some other listing site. You could list out the awards or the distinctions that you've received. We know from research on complex sales transactions that risk is the number one factor at the end of the buyer's journey. Don't slack on providing the reassurance that your buyers need. Offer three, four, even five pieces of social proof on the proposal if you want to win them over more consistently. Thanks for listening to this episode of Own Your Business. I hope it was fun to hear about my proposal to Katie on the beach in Grand Cayman, and I hope it was useful to hear about five big mistakes I see on proposals. I'll end by telling you that I've been saying these five things for years, but it was only a couple of years ago that we developed a solution to the problems that I see with other proposal approaches. I got so tired of offering critiques and audits with no alternative. So we finally created one ourselves for show users and we've been pocket selling it to our current clients for a while, but now we're starting to open up the opportunity for others like you in our audience. Eventually we'll put it into our online template shop with other website templates and sales guys. But for now, if you're interested in just getting our template filled with copywriting formulas 
And if you're on show it, you can actually just plug the share key in and it's plug and play. You can go to idactionconsulting.com slash proposal dash templates. Check it out. It's the best $300 you can spend with our company. Boom. That's it for this episode on Own Your Business. If you've heard me on a stage or a workshop or someone else's podcast, you know I have a hard time keeping it short, but I know you're busy. So thanks for spending time with me today. You have a ton of options for guides when it comes to getting you to where you want to go. I hope you found someone you can continue to trust. If you have a friend who could use practical strategies to own their business, please share this episode with them. If you can't think of anyone in particular, we settle for a quick review on whatever podcast platform you listen through. 